Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On January 31st, 2020. Welcome to our show, Live, Love, Laugh, and Leave a Legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us today as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? I'm well this morning. Looking forward to the big weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good morning. So why good is it morning such a big weekend? Friday. Hi, Kelly. Happy, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Kelly. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. But yes, Joe, I share that. Jackie, what's so big about the big weekend? The Super Bowl. Super Bowl weekend. It's oh. the big Super oh. Bowl weekend. Oh my gosh! You, you know, it's so <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess I guess neither of you have a team in the game, so you're not uh, okay, particularly no. concerned. Uh, uh, actually, I completely uh, do. I have had the craziest, busiest. You know, we all have a crazy busy week. That's <laughs> so mm-hmm. funny. I am a diehard 49er fan, which is even funnier that I'm like, what's so big about the weekend? Um, I have been a 49er fan since I was a kid. I grew up in Sacramento. So, um, okay, yes, mm-hmm. big, big, big weekend. Um, who's going to win, Jackie? What do you think? I, you know, I, I don't know. My husband is rooting for the Chiefs. Um, right. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. ha- I don't have, a, I don't have a dog in this game yet, but. Um, you know, once I uh, once I get to the house party and put a bet on it, then I'll have somebody to root for. So, <laughs> yeah, he's like, then you'll be then you'll be motivated. I know. Well, yes, then, um, I'll, then I'll be motivated. Exactly. Yeah, all of our favorite restaurants and bars always have Super Bowl parties. You know, it, it, the the lot the list would be lengthy if we were to even mention a couple of them. But um, I am rooting for the Forty Nineers. I'm a diehard Forty Niners fan since back in the days of Joe Montana. Jerry Rice, Dwight mm-hmm. Clark, those were the heydays. Um, so, and I stayed faithful during the what twenty-three years of um, uh, that they disappeared, pretty much. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm glad they're back. But I'm really mm-hmm. glad there's two young quarterbacks involved, and it's kind of a fresh Super Bowl with you know both kind of new teams that haven't been there in a long time. So that makes me happy, honestly. Right. I, I have to tell right. you, I have to tell you, the first time I was. My husband was watching football one one Sunday, and I was walking through the living room, and I and I just happened to look at the TV, and I was like, "Wow, who is that? He's cute." It's the the uh, the San Francisco Forty Nine ers quarterback. Is it Garofalo or how do you yeah, say his name? He is Garofalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I might have, I might have to root for them. <laughs> Jackie's got a cougar crash. Okay, a cougar crash alert. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. The, the, the older I get, the cuter they get. Um, yeah. So listen, Kelly, you're gonna uh, you you have to go off to a very important meeting, um, but yeah. you're gonna give us uh, some uh, some of your your calendar listings and what's going on at the chamber, right? Yes, I am headed into a strategic 
planning meeting for the Beach City's Health District. So, yes, very, very important. Mm-hmm. So I only have a few minutes with you this morning. But um, we'd be remiss not to mention all the activity of the week and um, the, the horrific you know, news that came to all of us on Sunday and how it's affected everybody, all the families, all the lives, all the teams, all the players, all the friends, every single business involved. I mean, it's just been profound. And, you know, as a business entity, the Chamber of Commerce, we're kind of a portal of so much information. And people have sent us, you know, so many notes. They've posted and tagged us. And um, I don't know, you know, if you had a chance to look at our newsletter that we sent out yesterday, but we I did, I did. some of the posts in there and they just keep coming in and we can't possibly share all of them, but everybody is you know, in their own way, you know, um, kind of putting it out there in their own tribute and their sentiments or their experiences, you know, in some, some way, shape or form. And it's just been quite touching, but um, there's something really cool happening tomorrow. Um, we have, we've had a ribbon cutting plan for over a month at the new JEI learning center. It's like a learning tutoring, um, Scholastic Center on Aviation Boulevard right at um, 11th Street in Manhattan Beach. Ribbon cuttings tomorrow at mm-hmm. 1 p.m. And um, lo and behold, they you know, painted this huge Kobe and Gianna mural on the side of their building that faces south on aviation. Um, it's a really cool story. So we're encouraging people to oh, come to the ribbon cutting. Of course, come to their open house. Um, they're going to have their learning center open from like 10 a.m. in the morning to about 2 p.m. Just so you can tour and if you have kids of any age, come in your jeans, come in your yoga pants. doesn't matter. Just come on over. But the added bonus is, you know, they've created this mural on the side of the building and the artist who I, I had a chance to um, talk with yesterday and I got just cell phone video coverage of him. It was really impromptu. I stopped by. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, told me the whole story of this mural and his passion for it too and, and what's happening. And um, the mural had other very um, famous people on it up until this week, and uh, including Oprah and Steve Jobs was on the mural. And when all the trains mm-hmm. struck on Sunday, the owners called the, the, uh, Randall, the artist, back and said, hey, can you add a Kobe and Gianna into the mural somewhere? And when he came back to the side of the building, he's like, I can, but it just doesn't feel right. So they've, like, wiped the entire plate clean, and they've done this beautiful tribute to um, Kobe and Gianna and butterflies, the whole nine yards. And so um, who knew that, you know, that um, Oprah and Steve Jobs um, would be painted over for something like this. So it's a beautiful tribute, and we're encouraging people to stop by, take a look, but also um, come and see what the Learning Center is all about. So it's going to be kind of a a real feel-good, you know, little event tomorrow. Um, Very, very very cool. But uh, we obviously have all been touched. I'm going to the game tonight, by the way. And, again, these plans were made like three weeks in advance, and who knew. And I suspect it's just going to be – I'm taking my Kleenex. You know, it's going to be – very moving and very touching. And I know the Clippers did something last night. The Kings did something the night before. And it's just going to keep going. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll share. I'll, I'll try to take pictures, too, of all the everything that's happening in LA Live right now. It's just going to be you know, a profound, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But we've all been, we've all been rocked. And um, hey, we're trying to – we're working on, with the South Bay Lakers, um, bringing a mama mentality um, – Lunch and Learner Seminar and kind of learning more, not just about Kobe, but about that mentality and having one of their team of psychologists kind of uh, bring that and teach that. So not planned yet, but we're working on it. And, um, you know, I think as things die, die down over the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to maybe uh, bring that to fruition and share with people when we're going to be able to do that. But um, super cool kind of things happening. So we're excited. Um, you know, and that's that's the big news. And obviously, there's huge Super Bowl activities, you know, on Sunday to check out. And then uh, we had a really cool cyber seminar this week at First Republic Bank. They brought down their big um, uh, uh, security officer, Mark Van Givner, and he shared um, the latest in cybersecurity and what the hacksters, as he calls them, and um, the internet, you know, oh my gosh, crime rings and kind of the internet mafia are doing to people and how they get creative. So some of that information was shared in our newsletter. You can call us uh, in the office for more information or stop by the First Republic Bank on 
Sepulveda. They have a lot of the information. They also have their website is full of it too. So um, as you guys know, that information, just when you think you have figured it out, it changes, you know, and I encourage anybody, whether you have a business or it's just your personal information to always read up on that and stay aware. Because um, I sat through one of these five months ago with a different company and I learned even much more even this week. So it's constantly involved. So anyway, so security and sports are the themes for me this morning. That's about all I've got. Okay. All right. Well, it was, it was a lot. And I, did see, I, did, I did see your newsletter earlier this week with the picture of his mural. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, I, I'll tell you something. I, I don't know that I've seen my husband that upset. I don't know that I've seen him that upset ever. Uh, yeah. When when that happened, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, he 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 couldn't leave the TV. Uh, you know, he he had tears in his eyes. You know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it was that, yeah. So so it's it, it's affected everybody, and it's one of those things that bring people together. You know, unfortunately, something yeah. that tragedy it, it it does. Everybody's calling everybody, and you, you know, you know, there's nothing to say. You know, you just uh, you know, yeah. want to be friends. You have to process. Way. Right, there's not much yeah. you can say. You just have to process and reflect, you know, and make us all stop, right? And yeah. and we all need to do that more often. And unfortunately, it takes something, sometimes of this magnitude, to you know, to get everybody to kind of really stop and really evaluate and hug the, you know, hug the ones you love and even the unlovable. As I say, you, you know, we all need to stop and uh, bring what's kind of you know uh, most important in life, and that is obviously people and friends and family. So. Yeah, uh, with yeah. that, I'm going to jump off and run into this meeting. Um, have a wonderful show. I'm excited okay. to talk with our guest. Um, she's going to bring a whole different uh, perspective on the uh, fine jewelry and gem world. So um, enjoy, and then I'll catch cool. you guys next week. Okay? Thank you, Kelly. Great. Okay, thank you. Thank okay, you. Bye, you guys. Bye. All right, Joe, shall we jump in? Oh. Yes, indeed. Um Jackie, you know, diamonds are forever. Yes, and diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? Yeah, that's right, right. So who is our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Jill Moeller, founder of Simply... Oh, oh shoot. Wow, you know what? I uh, Hang on one second. I'm sorry, I pulled up the wrong uh, intro here. Wow, I guess this Kobe thing has us all really upset, huh? <laughs> uh, yes, it does. I, I, yes, it does. I'm <sighs> sorry about that. I'm just pulling up the correct. Oh boy, we're all messed up. All right, okay. I'm sorry. This morning, our guest this morning is Jen Oliak, proprietor of Ounce of Salt Jewelry. A 17-year resident of Manhattan Beach, Jen is a third-generation fine jeweler and lifestyle blogger for over 40 women promoting ideas to flavor your life. Jen's goal is to shift the fine jewelry industry to make shopping for fine jewelry easier. With an authentic and transparent approach to sharing her life and inspirational stories on her blog and social media platforms, Jen gains the trust of her readers. The fine jewelry world is lagging behind nearly every other industry when it comes to the convenience of online purchasing. Using an unconventional business model, Jen's goal for Ounce of Salt Jewelry is to provide her clients with more trust, quality, and value than they will find anywhere else. Now, this morning, we're going to learn a bit about the world of fine jewelry and the changes to the business model Jen is promoting. Welcome to the program, Jen. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you so much, Jackie and Joe. I appreciate you uh, having me. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. It uh, goes without saying, as we as we said, you know, diamonds are forever. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Those kinds of platitudes have been made for generations. But there is something, Jen, about the jewelry industry that really does set an uh, an event or a uh, a birthday or some other special uh event apart. So can you just talk about why jewelry is so unique as a business? Oh sure. Um well, from a sentimental standpoint, um fine jewelry it symbolizes love and can be passed down, um, become an heirloom to be passed down for generations. That's certainly how I look at 
fine jewelry, um, and that's where my love for the trade stems from is kind of what um, the piece symbolizes to the owner. Um, as far as an industry, um, while it's, you know, fine jewelry is kind of a universal symbol of love that, you know, pretty much everybody will own at some point in their lives or gift, um, the industry is kind of, in my mind, it's kind of a mess um, in that it's a little bit um, behind. Um, it's a very uh, noisy and confusing and mm-hmm. um, oversaturated. Um, and so from a business perspective, it just seems, um, especially when we're talking about the world of technology and how everything is online, it's um, a little bit behind the times. Um, and it's mm-hmm. trying to catch up, but it's kind of, it's still... Um, way behind all of the other industries as far as ease of purchasing online, I would say. Jen, uh, before we get into that, um, I'd like to ask you about how you got into this business because I know two people, good friends that are jewelers, and they got into it because they're one of their or both their parents were into it. Um, You know, it's so funny. There's so many industries where – I was watching something the other day. I was oh, I was watching uh, that new series on Netflix, Pandemic, and it's it's a docu series, and they yeah. follow these different researchers and stuff. And I was watching it, and I'm like, how do you get into that? Was you know, was your father or mother a, a medical researcher? Yeah. Well, you know how how did I'm like, how do you get into that? How do you, there's so much stuff that uh, just generally we don't know. You know, I didn't know yeah. about, you know, some of these different things. I mean, jewelry, I know, but so, so that's what I want to know. How did you get into the business? Sure. Um, well, I'm a third-generation uh, jeweler. My father, my grandfather, they were both jewelers um, in South Korea, and my mother um, was a gemologist. So it's in your growing blood. up, it's it's in my blood. <laughs> my mom was uh, pregnant with me when she was getting her gemologist um, certification. So she claims that's why I love diamonds so much. Because <laughs> I've loved them, you know, pretty much since I could walk. Um, so for me, um, it's always been a passion. And um, I remember, you know, my first memories in South Korea are at the jewelry store and watching my parents. Um, helping the customers and looking at all the shiny objects in the case and um, just knowing that that was um, a big part of our lives. Um, We emigrated when I was uh, six and my father, uh, he passed away just a few years after um, from heart disease, a heart attack actually. Um, He was only 41. And so after he passed, my mom kind of being an immigrant um, mom of three kids, everything kind of shifted and she um, was working two jobs and, you know, we had no life insurance and just kind of the same story that you hear with, um, you know, widowed parents. She kind of like went a little off the, you know, not the most uh, model parent. And and, um, so I would, she was always out of town basically and, and had some, some issues. And so I would always go in her room and I would take out her jewelry case. Um, it had, you know, a bunch of the old jewelry that she had ta- uh, saved uh, when we immigrated. And I would just stare at each piece and all the intricacies and put it on and look at how, it, you know, each piece looks on me and I would be transported back to this time when I was five and everybody was laughing and, you know, our family was together. Um, I think that was when it really, um, the memories of my, you know, family being a unit and, and joy and love um, kind of got ingrained within mm-hmm. me. Um, then I grew up and was not in the jewelry industry at all. I was in finance and accounting and I helped my husband with um, run his open and run his surgery practice for 10 years. I had two children and, um, so after about 20 years doing other things, I um, 
decided to start this lifestyle blog because I wanted to kind of find myself and I felt like there are a lot of women my age um, when I turned 40 that needed some somewhere to kind of connect and um, I started writing articles about inspirational living and just whatever was happening that I thought might that helped me that might help somebody else and um, I had been doing that or have been doing that for about three years um, through my life, I've been collecting jewelry. I've, um, you know, I know a lot about it just because um, of my family history. But um, I was doing um, brand work. So I still do it now when, when companies ask me to do brand work for them. But, you know, as you know, influencers, they get um, hired to advertise for the company. So that was where kind of my blog um, took me for our demographic, which is, you know, the, um, you know, 40s women um, in, you know, that are interested in kind of a higher level of um, living. And um, after doing that for a few years, I just kind of felt like, hey, you know, I don't really love, um, you know, talking for everybody else. I need something to talk for myself. And so putting all of the little pieces um that of my life together when I really sat down and thought about how I want to spend the next, you know, 20 years until I retire, um, I kept coming back to fine jewelry and um, all the things that I could share to help the customer in their journey to get their uh, heirloom piece and to invest in their engagement ring. Um, it's such a noisy world, and it's. Um, I just wanted to start helping um, to streamline it and um, kind of cut out some of the noise for people. So if you think of, like, the girl next door that kind of has the inside connection to the fine jewelry world, um, that's <laughs> what I see myself as because my blog kind of gives you a window to my whole life. Um, you know, from uh, the story that I, I told you about, you know, having a hard childhood all the way to, you know, having having uh, my, you know, problems with my teens. Um, so I think a lot of the readers that uh, follow the blog and follow me on social are feel like they know me. You know, we're um, virtual friends and I'll communicate with them on um, direct messaging and things like that. So they're kind of... Um, they have that trust factor with me. And so when I look at jewelry and um, all the things that you need to make an investment in jewelry, it's, it, it was um, a, a great segue for me to do something that I love with the trust of people that um, are utilizing my blog for information. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, Jen, it's, you know, it's telling that considering the story you just told us, it's telling that considering the situation your mother was in after your father died, you know, two jobs, three children, that she didn't sell her heirloom jewelry. You know that mm. I, that right there tells us how important and the and and the attachment and the sentimentality and the memories have that you were able to still go and look at it. Um, after the yeah, well, she did sell some of it. She did sell some of it, but yes, you're right. The most important pieces she kept because they meant the world to her. Um, you know, your engagement rings, gifts from my father. Um, so absolutely, I think, you know, the jewelry that we invest for, um, an equivalent of like a, a right hand ring that you wear every day or a pendant. Um, to me, it's you know, it, it's so special when there's um, meaning behind it of love, and especially when you're passing it down. Um, it's just a whole, it's priceless. But um, right. it needs to be of the quality that you can um, be able to do that. And um, a lot of people don't know, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery. You know, it's, I think some of it's on purpose to um, be very mm-hmm. obtuse and like, uh, or obscure, sorry, in uh, in the details of what goes into fine jewelry, people, it, it, it can get confusing. So I think, you know, you just want to know it sparkles, it's beautiful, you know, and, um, and we're left to kind of just trust whoever we're buying from, and it's just a little bit um, unclear 
um, all of the details. And I tend to be one of those people that gives too much details. Um, and sometimes I'll confuse people, for, for, but when I purchase something, I really like to get as many data points as I can um, understand um, to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit different in that approach as well. I, I kind of over-inform, which, you know, they say in sales, you have to make it the least amount of brain power for the customer to understand. Um, you don't want them to expend calories thinking too much. <laughs> but um for something, an investment like fine jewelry, I think it's really important to, to get into the details and to, to try to get informed before you make a purchase like that that's going to last um, m- multiple generations. Yeah, yeah. What's that, uh, Philip Patek ad? Uh, you never own one. You just hold it for the next generation. Um, you uh, know, I, it's, it, it's funny because um, recently, a few years ago, my, my mom started divesting her stuff. You know, she's getting older. She doesn't need all this stuff. And she had a few pieces of very, very good jewelry, um, a couple of which have been passed down from her grandparents. Um, you know, when I say they don't make things the way they used to, you know, these pieces are proof of that. Um, yeah. But it was interesting because she had she had laid it out. I have two sisters and she was going to give each of us, you know, you know, a couple of pieces. And I, I, I said, you know something, Mom? I love them, but I don't have kids. I said, my other sister, mm-hmm. Barbara and Christine, they have, I said, they have kids. I said, so I would prefer that you give them to them so that I know it's going to stay in the family, you know? That's wonderful, um, yeah. It, yeah, it, well, it 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 is. It, it's but it's that's how I felt about it. It's a, it's a family heirloom, and it should stay in the family. And you know how these things happen. You don't have kids. You know, you know. If I drop dead first, what's my husband going to do with all my stuff? You know, who knows where it'll end up, right? So, yeah. So that jewelry, it it's funny. I don't know of anything else that that makes you feel that way. I I don't know any anything else that I don't not. It's not makes you feel that way. That's not the proper term. There's another way to put it. I'll come up with it in a minute. But what I want to do, Joe, is let's take the station break. Yes. And when we come back, I want to get into the what Jen is talking about, the business. And this online uh, buying of jewelry, which is really interesting because today everybody buys right. everything online. Um, but, it's, right. you know, jewelry, it's kind of like shoes. I got to go try it on. You know, I got to feel it. I got to see it, you know. Um, so I know, I know everybody orders from Zappos, not me. Anyway, so <laughs> let's, do the, let's do the station break. And when we come back, you you know, you go ahead and I know you have questions, Joe. I know you did research. The technical I stuff, do I, about the business. I can, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, 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 Joe is the tech person <laughs> on this show. So, okay, I, so let's, let, let's, let's do the, uh, the station break, break and, and then we'll, we'll get into the tech stuff. Yeah. Okay, great. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the South Bay Show, and we're so glad you're with us. You've joined us today. We do this every week, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. live in the South Bay. We bring the, the best that the South Bay has to offer on Thursdays. It's South Bay Spotlight all throughout the South Bay from El Segundo to the Hill and to Torrance, we bring you all the best food and music and uh, government action and all of that. But then, of course, on Fridays, we bring all that same information to you with a special emphasis on the Manhattan Beach Chamber members and the city of Manhattan Beach. And we're proudly sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber on Friday. So please join us and also, of course, uh, know that we are available 24 hours a day. Just say, Alexa, play the South Bay Show, or hey, Google, or Siri, play the South Bay Show. So um, we're excited about that as well. So please join us and share us with all your friends and neighbors, regardless of where they live in the world. Now, Jackie, let's talk about diamonds. Not me. Don't talk. I'm not going to talk about diamonds. I didn't know anything about diamonds. Okay. Jen has to talk about diamonds. Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's, there's a couple of things, Jen. I mean, the, the, the first things that come to mind about the business that I think a lot of people might be surprised is that 
a lot of jewelry stores, retail, uh, you know, sort of mall-based jewelry stores, will actually have a diamond buyer that will be receiving product on consignment almost. Then they will sell it. They will see how their market responds to it. And then they will sell as much of it as they can. That that they can't sell, they send back to the broker or the manufacturer. It's a very unique uh, business model because obviously, you know, diamonds and, and brooches and pendants and things like Rolex watches are very expensive. So often the retail stores don't buy them in anticipation of owning them. They buy them to see if they can sell them. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we'll talk about GIA certification. Sure. Um, Well, I can't speak to consignment products at a retail store because I don't have um, a retail um, shop. Um, Mm. All of my business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is currently online, so I don't have the whole um, inventory issue. But I do know if we're speaking diamonds in particular, um, there's a um, kind of brokerage system with diamonds, and there's a very limited Mm -hmm. supply of them. And any jeweler can access um, that system and, quote, borrow a diamond to show their customer. Um, and if their customer chooses to purchase it, then they will take it off um, of the system and they'll get it for about a week and um, take it on consignment for about a week. As far as um, this, this, jewelry, yeah. Well, you say just, something? I mean, I, well, I know you're not going to uh, be able to dive into this, but I think that people would be surprised to know that often a retail jewelry store could have $100,000 of inventory that they're just they're just testing <laughs> on their market. And they will test it, and well, if it works, they works. If it doesn't, they doesn't. Yeah, I think that – I don't know what the statistics are and how much they actually own, but most fine jewelers will own a significant amount of their jewelry. They might own just one piece mm-hmm. um, to see how it does. Mm-hmm. But generally, I mean, I, you know, I have my own inventory, um, even though I'm online that I hold um, and it needs to be um, imagine, you know, the wholesalers, uh, they're not going to be kind of um, giving all of their things out, you know, to, to have a different um, a variety of, of retail stores just hold it for consignment unless they're marking it up a mm-hmm. crazy amount. So like something like diamonds or mm-hmm. a watch or something that's um, a significant investment, I can um, that might be more of a uh, of a practice. But these days with fine jewelry um, jewelers, you're holding you know a, a certain amount of inventory that's yours, and that's one of the mm-hmm. problems. Is the investment is such a is so large. I mean. You, you know, most people will have a million dollars of inventory um, and mm-hmm. it might take, you know, a couple of years to sell it, but they generally do own their inventory other than um, very expensive mm-hmm. products like larger diamonds. I see. I see. And then uh, can you tell us uh, briefly about the uh, GIA uh, certification and how that has, you know, sort of regulated the entire industry of selling fine uh, diamonds and, and also you, you, but you sell not just diamonds, you sell other kinds of jewelry. Yes. I do. So the GIA um, is an international um, certification that is um, the most popular form of diamond certification that people will, um, will, own or invest in. Um, there are others. EGL is one that's just in the U.S., and so some people will opt for that. But the GIA mm-hmm. certification is very important for um, an investment in, say, an engagement ring, um, diamonds that are um, worn every day and kind of on the larger size, um, generally over a carat. Uh, it's important to have some kind of certification, but I believe that GIA is the most um, investment grade. So in the future, mm-hmm. if you need to do something with that, it will retain um, more value than the other certifications. Um, it's mm-hmm. the most rigorous, and um, you know you've, we've all heard of the four Cs, um, color and mm-hmm. cut. Um, it, it's it's 
it's a very kind of across the board, same grading. And so um, each diamond gets a number and a grading report and all of the pricing is, um, is based on that report. Um, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, color, yep. color, cut, clarity, and carrots. Let's talk about that. Yes. Sure. Um, well, the color, I, I don't know how detailed we want to get. I don't want to bore you guys, but basically you want your diamond to be white. And so there's a different standard for, um, you know, the four C's, whether you're getting an engagement ring or you're getting earrings, a pendant. And um, generally for an engagement ring, we want to get as white as we can because um, it's the way that it's viewed on the finger, you can see imperfections in the color, the, the way that sun hits it, the, the, the proximity to somebody's eyes. It's all going to show flaws uh, more than another piece of jewelry. Um, and we wear it every day, and it's a symbol of our marriage um, or engagement. So generally for um, color, I recommend like an F or a G color. It goes all the way um, down to... Uh, I think J or lower. I've never seen a diamond that is, is lower than a J in person. But um, and then it goes all the way up to DD. So um, FG is is the minimum that I recommend. That will give you a shiny white, um, crisp color. Um, for cut, um, that's the most important, really, to have your diamond sparkle. And um, it's, it depends on the, the, the type of ring, if it's a round or an emerald, et cetera. But that's, um, you want to get the best cut that you can afford. Um, and for clarity mm -hmm. as well. So, like, when you combine all four, a lot of people go for the carrot size. And um, they compromise on, on the other qualities. When you get into the details, it can get so overwhelming. Um, and you have to really look at all of the different um, variables together. And then there are also some things that you don't see on the GIA report um, as far as grading is concerned that you'll see with the naked eye. So when people are purchasing a diamond online, it might be perfect on the GIA report but when you see it in person and you're looking at two stones with the same exact grading, one might look a little cloudy and like, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, like not as much life or dead than the other one is much more brilliant, even though they have the same grading um, standards. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. so GIA is not a completely perfect, 100%, you know, um, you know, it, it's got a little, some loopholes there and that's why some of these, um, quote, internet diamonds are, um, a diamond will end up there and kind of um, be sold through the internet versus in person because they're kind of rejected otherwise. Um, right. It's really important to have somebody um, that with a trained eye um, look at your diamond for you. Um, you have to not only have great eyesight, <laughs> and but you have to know exactly how it should shine in the sun and in different lights and how you mm -hmm. turn it and you know mm -hmm. the, the um all the, the the imperfections where they sit to what kind they are i mean there's just and um for me it's 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 exciting to look at like 10 diamonds and look at it all and then pick the best one um, based on all mm -hmm. of the components because my um, background is very left-brained analytical um, finance and accounting so to me it's it's all numbers kind of in a computation. And then I see the sparkly mm -hmm. diamond ring. So it's like the best of all the worlds. Um, but it can get very, very confusing. I hope I didn't um, bore people with that whole explanation. But no, basically with an engagement no, we, ring. We, yeah. I'm sorry. We, we are thrilled to have someone with your expertise uh, available to explain these things yeah. to people. And, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's, it's wonderful to have you here. Now, as an entrepreneur, Jen, I have to say, you know, the, the, the practice of special pieces being loaned to retail stores, you know, maybe most of their inventory is their inventory, but they will take on these special pieces as, as a practice. And then also the other practice of, of uh, uh, grading 
diamonds and so forth is fascinating. But now let's talk about your unique business model. I'm very interested in that. Sure. Well, you know, looking from a business model perspective, um, uh, just to back up a second. So back in the telecom um, bust era, I was, uh, I worked in corporate finance. And so I would go in with the Enrons and all these companies that were just completely, um, you know, going bust. And I would have to analyze kind of their cash flow and their business plans and look at what, um, which ones would survive and kind of try to help um, estimate for the banks that lent them money, whether um, they were viable or not. So when I looked at jewelry and entering the industry and learning about all of the business aspects, I thought, what is the business structure that would make this the most successful. And when I looked at retail, I just felt like surprised um, because of the um, the markups involved. I mean, when you look and in, go into a fine jewelry store, it's not, you know, overflowing with people, right? It's pretty um, low volume, um, high ticket, high margin mm-hmm. sales. And we're seeing more and more that the brick and mortar shops are kind of, um, consolidating and not unable to survive because of all the overhead involved. Um, Mm -hmm. So in retail, I thought, I don't want to open a shop. That's not how I want to spend my, my time. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's not the model, the model doesn't work. Then I looked at the online model. um, And right now what's um, doing well, there are two camps doing well. One are designers that have a name for themselves. You know, they have celebrities wearing their stuff. They know people. Um, mm. They've gotten some good PR, mm-hmm. and they have some key pieces that are very um, that are very popular. And so those are more um, like right-hand designer people that are uh, making a name for themselves and getting their, um, their growth through um, their designs. And not so much cost. Mm-hmm. You know, their price tags will reflect that. And then, of course, we have the very high end, like Cartier and all of the Tiffany and 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 those icons mm-hmm. that, you know, are just um, a complete different. You know, they'll mark up probably you know twenty times, um, but they have the name and the advertising what? What? Wait, spend wait, and everything. Jen, Jen, yeah, Jen. yeah. Not everyone is prepared for that we have to slow down and repeat that over and over again 20 times markup well i'm talking cartier and tiffany and yeah but it doesn't matter who it is it is really crazy but when you talk about even retail jewelers i mean the high-end retail jewelers even in our town you know a before I got into it, you know, I didn't realize, and now I know better. They, they, they are marking up, you know, three to four times, three to five times, I would say is the average, but they have to, they have, you know, high rent, mm-hmm. they have staff, they have all this expensive jewelry. Then the Harry Winston, I mean, you know, they've earned it, I guess, over all those years and look at how much they spend on marketing. I mean, who's paying for all those beautiful ads and videos and um, (laughs) the campaigns that they're doing and we go for it. Jewelry is um, aspirational. It's um, all about your image and um, showing, Uh, you know, wealth and yes. I just want to tell you my 25 year old son his name is Jared, and <laughs> there was nothing. It, there was there was nothing in the market before he was born, and then he was born, and then just a few years later, we see Jared everywhere. <laughs> How funny! Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, Are you know, Jared, I, the jeweler, is he, is your son a well, jeweler? Well, my son is not a jeweler. No, but, no, no, you know, no, 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 named no. They named him Jared. Yeah, they, they named him You're and then, and then came into being. And all so, the marketing right. and everybody, okay, got it, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like, thought you were going to tell me that I was, was you're the owner of, you know, heir of Tiffany. No, no, but. <laughs> When my son, when my son was two years old, I think he was two. I think the, yeah. the Jared Jeweler Empire became just an explosion of 
you know, where'd you get it? I got it at Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. It's and, you know, marketing is a killer. Marketing works. Marketing is huge. And that's, um, it's all really just a perception, isn't it? And that's one of the things with yeah. um, jewelry is we have the designs that are beautiful and everybody, you know, that's, that's a whole um, art, you know. But when you look at diamond studs and a diamond and a gold, you know, just the, the, the like a tennis bracelet and just the, the um, staples you know, that generally every woman would love to receive from a loved one. Those are commodities. And you can um, look at them as commodities um, to an extent uh, until they're turned into a piece of jewelry. And I think when you have a company like Tiffany marking up 20 times and, you know, commanding the prices that they, and people, you know, want that aspirational, you know, Tiffany um, ring, et cetera. But then you have the other person that really would love to have, you know, a ring like that, but it doesn't have to be from Tiffany. If they just want the same quality Mm -hmm. and they want a diamond too, and um, have the same type of um, feeling and, and the symbolism, where do they get that? And, um, do they have to pay, you know, three to four times um, markup at the jeweler to get educated and to get to be able to try it on and get all the service to guide them because it is like a very confusing um, market. Or is there a way to get it um, without having this kind of uh, kind of confusion um, and in a more trustworthy environment? And so. My approach is really I just want to make purchasing fine jewelry easier for the consumer. I want it to be very clear and um, mm-hmm. and very easy without um, – and have it be transparent so they can see exactly what they're getting. For instance, you know, a diamond can be very cheap and it can be very, very expensive. But what you'll see online – um, even with grading, it's a little bit, um, unless it has a GIA, people can say whatever they want. And so, you know, when you go to buy a rig, let's just say an eternity band, the prices are very, they, they're hugely um, varied. And it just confuses people because you'll see the same ring with the same number of carats, that, you know, the same everything, but, you know, they're $1,500 difference in price. And so, um for me, I'm just trying to have a platform where I can have a set number of products people can buy off the site um, with 30-day returns, you know, free returns, and get exactly um, what is advertised with the trust that they would get if they bought from, you know, their neighborhood jeweler that they've known for 20 years. Um, because of the 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 transparency that I offer um, with my lifestyle blog and just kind of the the topics that I speak of, um, I am relying on my reputation there to kind of carry over into fine jewelry and that I'm not going to be investing my time and um, enter this project unless I'm able to really stand by everything um, as far as price, quality, quality, you know, everything that you would want in a piece of jewelry, because I'd like it to stand the test of time and be able to be passed down for generations. Now, I could have gone like the designer route um, and just kind Mm -hmm. of created a line and and sold some things, you know, with Genoliac or Ounce of Salt. Um, But my larger vision and what, you know, long-term my goal is, is really to be more of a jewelry store and to find you kind of what you want. If you want a pair of diamond earrings or um, you have a a diamond that you need reset or um, you're looking for a sapphire um, necklace or whatever it is to be able to find or create something for the customer um, to the exact specifications that they want or if they need ideas, they can purchase from the shop but just to make it very streamlined and be a central source where you know that everything has been um, vetted, um, you know, approved for quality and with style. Because as we know, there's so many different styles of jewelry. You could have, um, you know, go from gaudy to very, you know, simple, right? Um, So I'm trying to do (laughs) that um, timeless, 
um, contemporary classics, things that don't go out of style, um, not to, you know, not, and I guess it's really personal preference um, because we all have our own styles, but my approach is kind of with this Manhattan Beach quote look, which is not too ostentatious, um, not, you know, not too much. It's not going to be too gaudy and, and just blingy everywhere, but you'll have, you know, key pieces um, that you'll have forever that you'll want to wear every day. Um, and so when somebody Jen, comes to my Jen. site and purchase, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I need to ask you something. Um, in general, when somebody, and, and, you know, from your different experience, do people come in and say, this is how much money I have. What can I get? Or are people like specific, like I want this, this, and this, how much is it going to cost me? Or, or um, is it both? For me, for me, I'll have, um, most of the people are requesting concierge level services. Like they want um, a custom piece or they, they found something on the oh. internet and they're like, can you make this for me and what would it be? Because hmm. they see it and they want it, you know, and we all go on Pinterest, right? And we look up um, views of things that we want and kind of to get ideas and in jewelry, I mean, gosh, we all do that. And so I'll get a lot of pictures. Can, you know, what would this run if you did it? You know, can you explain this to me? Um, and I get a lot of custom orders. That's um, where the business okay. has been heading this past year. Um, I do have a shop and about 100 items in the shop that people can purchase um, direct and, um, and and receive it within a few days. And that happens as well. But generally, there's always some kind of contact before they make the purchase. Like, hello, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about um, this? Um, pair of earrings, even though there's a video and some um, description and on a model. It's, I try to give as much detail to um, help the customer feel like they are looking at it and touching and feeling it. And like you said, Jackie, it's it's hard because it's kind of like eyeglasses. Um, you want to try it on and she, see how it looks yeah. on you. Well, yeah, shoes, yeah. shoes. I think shoes have done it. I mean, you can you can buy shoes online, and if they don't fit, see, you know, I you can't. Can I, yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I need to walk around, especially heels. Mm. I just can't. Oh, do you that. want to feel how it, see how it feels? Yes, um, I buy yes, shoes all yes, the time yes. online, but I I just yeah, it's not personal. I think of eyeglasses, and I'm like, well, I got to see what it looks like on. Yes, but yeah, okay, um, yeah. okay that's that probably is, a better example. Yeah, that's a better example. That, and I mean, eyeglasses are a form of uh, jewelry in my mind as well, so it's kind of similar, but. Yes, for jewelry, I think that's one of the huge barriers for it to really tip as far as online um, comfort. You know, um, it's it's not as hard for like something less than a thousand dollars, I would say, to purchase. Even that is a huge amount of money to um, kind of trust in in what you're seeing online. Um, but it, I think at some point we will have a technology that kind of virtually lets you try the piece on. For me, I, I try to do the um, Zoom videos, which, you know, is just real-time videos um, to kind of have an in-person consultation so I can show you what it looks like and put it on my own finger and um, the relative size. Nothing's so worse you can, than seeing something. You can, yes. You can, so basically you can do all that upfront stuff online. You can do... You can get all the detail stuff online, and then and then they can come in, and and see it in person and try it on, correct? Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll do either email or uh, video uh, conferencing um, mm-hmm. to discuss the item. If it, if we're talking about a custom piece, let's say that somebody wants to uh, make a bracelet with this diamond, so we'll do some mm-hmm. communication, and then we will. Um, Generally, if it's a custom piece, they'll receive um, a drawing and a, um, a CAD drawing that shows exactly what the finished piece would look like. Um, if it's if, if it's a piece that they want to try on, um, they generally buy it first and see because there's enough information with pictures and things um, that they can get an idea. Um, but if it's a diamond um, that needs to be um, custom or a custom um, remake of um, – 
a piece of jewelry. Like you said, Jackie, there are pieces, heirlooms that have been passed down. Many people receive those things, but then they, it's not quite their style. So they want mm-hmm. to update it. So things like right. that are really good ideas where we can discuss on video. They can send me um, <laughs> pictures of <laughs> what it is funny. currently. <laughs> That's funny. I have a sister that had a, uh, repurposed several uh, engagement rings <laughs> over the years. <laughs> oh, isn't that funny, right? And they make them yeah, right-hand rings. Yeah, either she didn't end up getting married or whatever, divorce or whatever, but uh, she, yeah. she ended up uh, repurposing them. And, you know, going back to she should, what you were though, talking right? about. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But going back to what you were talking about before, I have so many girlfriends that over the years, they – like one one of my girlfriends was in the tech industry and she called me the day she became a millionaire. Um, you know, the stock bumped up or whatever. And all of a sudden she called, she said, I'm a millionaire today. And the first thing she wanted to do <laughs> was go out and buy, buy those diamond earrings. Uh, you know, she's yeah, like, I'm, I'm not going yeah. to wait, wait for a boyfriend or husband to buy them for me. I'm buying them for myself. I have another girlfriend and I can't remember the situation there, but she was like, I'm going out to get a tennis bracelet. You know, it's a, that there, there are certain it. things, there are certain things that, you know, you, you know, you got oh, like this, coming you got of this, age. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's so much of it there. And, and I just over you talking about it just made me remember some of these uh, memories, you know, my memories of, of friends, you know, or that there was a girlfriend that was like, um, she, was, she for whatever reason she wanted that Cartier uh, was it the a Panther? I can't remember which one it was, but it's the status. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's it's a, it's something that maybe her mother had one or her father had one or whatever. But yeah. she's, it, we, my friends that buy for themselves, they treat it as uh, a, a reward for themselves, whether it's getting a promotion, I love that. or it's you know having their first child, or, you know whatever it is. Uh, they they want something to symbolize that accomplishment. Um, and, you know what's and, interesting and that you a lot of yeah friends do that with jewelry. Uh, it's it's funny. Yeah, I never thought of it until you just started talking about that. I think that more women need to get be feel empowered to invest in jewelry for themselves. Oh, um, let me and they all my yeah friends do. All my girlfriends That's do. That's great to hear because I was just reading, you know, De Beers is um, like the diamond giant. They kind of control the whole diamond market. Mm-hmm. They used to be a monopoly, now they're mm-hmm. an oligopoly. But they, you know, they're the ones that brought a diamond is forever to life. And, you know, it's still, you know, the best marketing slogan of, of the century. But um, now, I mean, in the last 20 years or so, they've been trying to do these campaigns to empower women and encourage women to, to invest in themselves. And they did one, I think, 20 years ago, and then they just did one a few years ago, and they both completely bombed. The last one was... I remember those. I remember, and, those. Um, I remember those ads. I, I totally remember it, those ads. It seems like such a great idea. I mean, the women pick it out. Why can't they just buy it and, or and say this is, you know, mm-hmm. or... Um, even if it's they're married and they want it to be from their husband, you buy it and you're like, this is from you to me <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah, or, yeah, no, it, <laughs> is, um, it, it is a little dated. It's a little dated. Um, but and I and again, I never thought about this until you you started talking about it. But my, my, I, I can't think of any of my girlfriends that are sitting around waiting for somebody to buy them something that they want. Well, and and awesome by the way, because you realize yeah. you realize that uh, just just a couple of weeks ago. They announced that for the first time ever, there are more women in the workforce than men. So, ladies, yeah. don't sit around waiting for somebody to, to to get you these things. You love something, you should go out and buy it. And Joe, we have yeah, to that. wrap this. We got to wrap this up, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, um, diamonds are forever, and we could talk about this forever because it is such a fascinating industry. It's part collectible, part art part science and of course part you know aspirational yeah uh yeah uh, it's also a very good investment yes it's also a very good investment as 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 opposed to you know gold or 
you know, stocks or whatever. Well, you gold actually, so, the, the gold is a great investment right now. <laughs> yeah. For everybody, right, it's right. the hi- highest it's ever right. been. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Right. Thank you gold guys right. so much for having right me. Jen Oliak, thank you so much for joining us. Ounce, ounce of salt jewelry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Jackie. And right. of course, thank you, Jackie. I always say, always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. That's our show. Have a fantastic weekend. It, the the weather is going to be great in the South Bay. Enjoy. We'll see you next week. Bye bye, everybody.